How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. Welcome to Not Another Movie Pod. I'm Zach Williamson with Ross Cutsforth and Luke Goosens. And today we're talking The Mandalorian Episode 3 and Watchmen Episode 6. But before we do, big announcement. So we've had a lot of requests to put out more pods per month than we want to. But with our current hosting service, we're limited on how many actual episodes we can put out per month. Cost some money. So instead of doing the route, doing ad reads, we're going to instead launch a Patreon, which is going to cost five bucks. It would be huge if you all sign up. We're guaranteeing three extra full-length podcasts a month. We're going to do Martin Scorsese's The Irishman review on there. We're going to finally do Amazon's The Boys. We're going to pretty much do stuff that we're not covering right now because we're doing The Mandalorian and Watchmen right now. So we'll do our Marvel news, stuff like that. We'll be on all those pods. And you can sign up over at patreon.com slash notanothermoviepod. If we only get 10 people to sign up, we're still going to produce content for those 10 people. This number somehow gets close to 100 in time, covers our current production costs, and we'll definitely start putting out more content on these and the free platforms. Again, so if you want more content, let's go. Head over to patreon.com slash notanothermoviepod. I know we all want to talk about the ending, so let's just we'll start with the beginning and work our way to that point in the episode since it's so short anyway. I thought that this was the best episode in the show so far. Best directed hands down. You know, it starts from the little Yodeling's perspective at the beginning. And he's just all scared. Right after that, he actually gives it away. But what did you guys think? Were you guys actually worried that whole episode that he wasn't going to go back? I don't know. I thought all the episodes were pretty good, well-directed. I'm not saying that the other ones weren't. I just thought this was the best directed one. Yeah, all the directions pretty on par, but just some of the effects and minor writing flaws were what held the other ones back. And this one also had pretty kick-ass action as well. But yeah, to get to your question about the baby, I knew he was going to go back, but it was really cool how they built it up in that, what, like seven, ten minute span of him leaving the place. And just, you could, even without even seeing his face, you could just see the emotions in him as he was going through all the actions to get ready to leave on a ship. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's why I thought the direction was the best in this one, just because it was directed so well that you could see how he was feeling while he was thinking about leaving. He realized that he dropped the ball, was putting it up, and you just actually could tell that he was like, oh shit, I should go back and save this kid because I've been this kid before. Yeah, I, th- I think that has a lot to do with the acting too and the directing, obviously, but Pedro Pascal is a fucking great actor. I'm liking him a lot over his like, last couple roles, well, including Game of Thrones too. He's a pimp. He's pretty OG in Game of Thrones. Next, we're going to see him in Wonder Woman, I think, after this. 84. He's the villain. He's a villain of that? Don't you think this is a pretty easy role for him? I think this is a really hard role for him, honestly. He doesn't have to show any of his face. All I have to do is say 30 words in an episode and walk around and shoot shit. And wear that fucking costume. He has to be able to convey so much emotion through just body language. He hasn't conveyed any emotion. What? Mm, I'm not getting that. An emotional scene? I think so. You didn't get that at all this episode? I thought in this episode more than any that he had. This is the only episode where it seemed like there's been a little bit of emotion. He doesn't have to show anything, dude. All he has to do is look at the baby and everyone's like, oh, fuck, it's so cute. (laughs) Baby does steal the show. This shit's easy. I don't agree with you on that one, but agree to disagree, I guess. Dude, it'd be harder to act. I mean, yeah, the physicality of it's harder, but the actual acting is easy. But you don't get to use words to convey emotion, so you have to convey... And you don't have to use your face, because when you don't use words, you have to use your face. Yeah, but that's that would make it easier, too, if you could use your face as well, instead of just having to rely on your body. It's so simple. I have to just turn and look at shit. I was thinking even his voice, and the, the way he uses his voice, you can pick up on what he's meaning. I think his voice is pretty monotone. Hmm, okay. I think that's just because he's hard and badass. Yeah, it's supposed to be stoic. Yeah. A little bit like Mad Maxi. I can see your argument, though, for real. You don't have to use your face, but that also could just be a... That's a big challenge for an actor to say, oh, I'm going to do a role where I can't really portray emotion. You might get portrayed that way, like you're saying. You're not doing anything, really. Yeah, but all he has to do is read the words that's written for him. And he has to wear that fucking costume every day. (laughs) Yeah, okay, the physicality is hard, like I said. And I get tough, for sure. But I'm just saying other roles would be harder. 
Like as a real person. Okay, no, he's not a real person. You know? <laughs> I'm not saying he should win an Emmy or anything, but I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, there are definitely harder rules out there. But I'm not saying this is like cake or anything. I just like the style of this the show anyway, because you don't have to have a lot of words. Yeah, a lot of storytelling through people's actions. Yeah, Baby Yoda hasn't even said a word and <laughs> everyone loves that fool. <laughs> One of the best characters, yeah. He's so fucking cute. God damn <laughs> I can see that argument, though, for real. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, dude, we got way more Mandalorian lore in this episode, too. Apparently, he has never taken off his helmet. Do you guys take this, that that's a literal thing, or he's never been, I don't know, like, what would be a reason that he would remove it for? I mean, obviously, like, eating. Shower. <laughs> showering, shaving. I don't know how he does any of that shit. I think when he said, I never... I think they just don't take it off in front of other people. Okay, that's what I was wondering. But besides that, besides eating and stuff that they have to take it off for, I think they mean that they don't take it off ever besides that. That's what I get confused about too, because in the Rebels show, in the Clone Wars show, they show Mandalorians then and they take their helmets off like all the time. I'm not even sure if that's canon or if that's just their thing, if it's just their clan that does that. That's what I was going to say. So is it clans are different? Yeah, or it's just the time is different in... They can't afford to reveal their identities, maybe. Yeah, and I think I remember in old canon, they used to eat through tubes. Some of them were super serious like that, too. <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? There's level, levels to this shit. Yeah, I got what you're saying there. That's Or it could be like what you were saying, Ross, that something happened with that battle with the Purge or whatever that event is that they're talking about. Yeah. And they decided that they had to be way more serious with it and couldn't take their helmets off. It seems different, though, than what we've already known. Dude, all of his Mandalorian clansmen or like the other clan members are pretty badass to you, honestly. Yeah, the Covenant. Yeah. When they're being all aggressive towards him in the beginning, when he had all the Beskar, it's like, damn, this clan's kind of cutthroat, not very loyal. But then in the end, they pulled through and I was like, fuck it. Yeah. Well, I thought it was because of the Empire, man, because didn't the Empire wipe him out? And that was why they were against them. Because he's working with them. Oh, it, was that why he said that? Mm. I thought it was because they were jealous of the Beskar. No, it's explained in the scene why, why they were pissed. Yeah, the one with John Favreau with his Mandalorian character. Oh, that was John Favreau. I did that was not his know voice. that. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Holy shit! The the thick boy. The heavy, yeah, the heavy Mando. Yeah. Because I was like, this guy looks like a tank. <laughs> yeah, he's looks a fucking badass. <laughs> looking like Bane. Yo, so you think he's gonna get a jetpack then? Dude, that had to be some serious foreshadowing for that, yeah. right? <laughs> Probably not this season. You don't think so? I mean, he's decked out in Beskar's steel in, in episode three, so I could see it. How long do you think it took to get him his gun? Or it must have taken a while. Shit, I don't know. That thing is so powerful. What's the first thing they get? The helmet. Besides your helmet. Besides your helmet. Maybe a knife? Yeah, a vibro. He, oh, he had the vibro knife, too. That was sick. Yeah, those, are, those were already canon, though, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's a Mando thing. Yeah. It seems like the helmet is the first priority, though. Helmet's 100%, because I think that they give that to their foundlings. That's what it seems like. Damn, they just have to grow into that shit. <laughs> that's when you start as a Mandalorian, yeah. At first, they're just wearing a big-ass bucket on their head. That's what I was going to say, dude. If you were a little kid, either it's going to be too small or it's going to be way too big by, like when you get yeah. old. Yeah, what the fuck? Maybe they don't get it till they're like nine. Or no, they get it younger because in the shows, they get it. There's Mandalorians younger than like 18, 19. They were showing kids running around that first episode. Yeah. With Mando helmets on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, another thing is, do you think he offered Beskar Steel to all the other clients as well? The Empire? Yeah. So they knew, because he never showed Dejarin how much Beskar, he just said, here's one tablet for down payment. Does that mean he only gave him Beskar or did everyone get one? Oh, fuck. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Maybe he gave everyone something that was of value to, of the, to them. Yeah. yeah, he just had a little something on everyone. He's like, I got what you want. Yeah, the empire just stole shit from everyone after they took over. So yeah, got some stuff stacked up. I bet, dude. I wonder if there's gonna be any Wookies in this show. That'd be sick. I don't know. Is Kashyyyk's not in the outer rim? Is it? I think it's in the mid rim, and it's on the other side of t the Tatooine outer rim. Yeah, I think you're right. Though. I don't think it is in the outer rim. That's why he gets enslaved eventually because it's closer to the where the empire is centralized. Yeah, they just enslaved everyone. It's fucked. 
It doesn't even make sense how that happened. Yeah, and how they explain it too is Palpatine had dictators put out to influence people. Oh, propaganda? Yeah, he had all this propaganda out too. And that was like his whole plan was he was saying how Obi-Wan and Yoda and shit were traitors and Mace Windu was Yeah. And you don't even really know when you get farther away from the core and Jedi and all that stuff, people will go their whole lives without even seeing them. That's why people don't even really believe in it in some areas. But who knows? He's going to have to probably leave that sector. I know. Yeah, that's what they're saying. They're like, or the outer rim, even. He's going to have to go somewhere inland, in or more where they haven't heard of that stuff. So does that mean these other Mandalorians are just going to relocate with him and they're. That's their their squad. Yeah, so they're going to have to leave, but I don't know if they're going to go together. Is that what your theory is? Well, yeah, I think they'll relocate, but I don't know if they'll all go together. Didn't right after A New Hope, they took back Mandalore, the Mandalorians. Was it right after or right before? It was one or the other, but it was right, like, right when those events were happening, too. So do you guys think that this Mandalorian clan is... Do you think their mission is to recapture Mandalore eventually or just to grow more get more mandalorians just grow in size maybe a thought it just seems like they're trying to survive right now man yeah it's kind of what it seems like they're just trying to live yeah they gotta oh. get out yeah, for real they're <laughs> almost extinct probably at this point what yeah. do you think well yeah they're probably if they're just trying to survive they're probably trying to grow trying to get bigger raise their numbers recruit or find or find the rest of the mandalorians or, yeah. probably just other... do they recruit or can they do you have to be a native or I'm pretty sure you can be adopted or born Mandalorian. Yeah, it seems like it's just a culture right now at this point that if you just want to live in this culture, then they take you in. If they find you and you want to join it, then you're accepting their culture, even if you weren't born on Mandalore. Yeah. So it means you got to wear the helmet and everything. Yeah, you'd have to wear the helmet, though, whenever you join, I assume. You have to adopt their lifestyle. And we were wrong about the signet, too, or it's not... It's not like a clan, right? It's like an individual. Unless you are allowed to start your own clan with it. Wait, I, I thought it was just something that got revealed to him or that he was given. He was given but it. He was almost given it because I don't know why he was almost given it. Because he got all his armor? Because of all the metal. And, yeah, all the Beskar steel he brought in. Yeah, because they needed to put a signet on his armor, right? Yeah. On his new armor. Yeah, they did. But they gave him weapons instead. Yeah, those things are sick, too. What were they called? Those things are called whistling birds. Yeah, those things are sick, too. So I guess, yeah, he doesn't have to get his... has to pick it eventually. Yeah. Dude, when he was sieging the Imperial compound, it's such such a badass scene. He's just mowing people down just ruthlessly. <laughs> yeah, that dude, his gun is insane. Just incinerates fools. Oh, especially when he's in that car at the end. Yeah, that whole sequence was sick, and the one before it. Just the whole raid on the Imperial base... And one of the ba- that battle after was one of the best things I've ever seen in Star Wars. Like the best 20, 25 minutes there. Oh my God. Yeah. Seriously. That's, that alone is definitely one of the best action scenes in Star Wars. Just all the kills that dude Savage going through there, man. He double tapped some fool, hit that grappling stab, fried some fool too. Oh yeah, with the yeah, he got a couple of people with the flamethrower. Just that first stormtrooper though. <laughs> that guy got oh, man. torched. And then he did have that sneak attack too with the grapple where he just grappled the guy from behind and like pulled him in, just iced him. Pretty badass. Oh, Bill, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Action was great. Is this your favorite episode, Luke? Yeah, probably. How are you liking the series so far? I think it's good. I like it. Everyone fucking loves Baby Yoda. It's hard to not like him. Yeah. Or maybe people love him so much that you start to not like him because so many people like him and it's also contrived hate. Oh, dude, I like him. He has never done anything wrong. Baby Yoda forever, yeah. man. What do you mean? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Baby Yoda forever. What should we just call him? Yiddle? Yiddle? <laughs> A little <What>? Yoda? <laughs> the fuck? Yoda, Yaddle, and Yiddle. Yoda Little? Yiddle? Yidda? Yiddle? Yidski McDibskis. Yoda? Yoda? I was gonna say my only, I think my only complaint in that whole sequence was just the storm. Both those stormtroopers missed from hell to close. They were both five feet oh, away in the compound. Yeah, didn't he like twirl it though? I because I just watched that scene. He didn't even know what happened until that guy shot him and missed, and then he dodged the other one. Well, didn't it hit him in the pauldron though? And then he kind of like spun as it hit him. 
Are you talking about the dude that he got shot at when he walked in the room to get Baby Yoda? No, in the hallway. When he's walking down the hallway and then somebody comes out behind him. No, I'm pretty sure that dude just missed. Dude, what happened to the old crusty bastard during this entire time? I thought they were going to like showdown or something. <laughs> Varnier Herzog? Yeah, I got you. He dipped out and then just put the fob on, called everyone back in. Yeah. He probably knew some shit like this was going to happen or predicted that it could. True. He was all panicking before, remember? Probably just mobbed out right after that. Yeah. Old crusty fuck. Fucking A. Whistling beds. I knew exactly who you were talking about, too, when you said that yeah. shit. Don't disrespect Vernier, Vernier Herzog like that. Have you guys seen what he was saying when he got asked? A reporter from Variety or somewhere asked him, what was it like? to work under someone as prestigious as John Favreau. And, he's, and he just responded with, I've never seen any of his movies. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. It's like, damn, dude. Pimp. <laughs> anyway, what were, you, what were you saying, Ross? Looked up something. So it's just kind of like a camera trick. He got lucky. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that guy just missed. That's what I'm saying. He was right there, man. Even if he did get hit, though, I think his armor. It's Stormtroopers, worst shooters in pop culture history. Worst shooters. Mm. Yeah, 100%. What about the Jonah Hill and fucking Michael Sarah from Superbad? Stormtroopers worse. I don't even know what you're meaning. I don't saying, know what you're talking about either, dude. Oh, I was just saying they're terrible at shooting the shot. Uh, like shooters. <laughs> in Superbad? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, they both almost cl- Well, what you mean? Jonah Hill got a fucking date at the end. I guess, yeah. And that one girl just yacked on him. He was in. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> actually I'm pretty sure they both got dates so that was a terrible he was reference. in was it, okay so who's the worst shooter in pop culture then next nomination well not Lee Harvey Oswald he's probably the best shooter <laughs> Boba Fett's the next worst shooter what would you say sir Lee Harvey all <laughs> no I said he's the best shooter for what we know he's hit one but then think of all the practice shots he missed. Nope, two. He hit that guy in front of Kennedy. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the worst shooters in history, all those fucking like Viet Cong from uh, Tropic Thunder. Oh, <laughs> they sucked at the end, dude. When, not one bullet. When they were shooting at him with blanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're shooting. No, no, no. No, 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 no. The Americans are shooting at them with blanks and the Viet Cong have like, yeah, and they're shooting at him with real bullets. Damn, I don't have the counter argument. I'm trying to think of something like else where they're just the trash, worst shooting. This guy's pretty fire at shooting, though. Din Djarin. No, that guy's spot on. He even shot and hit that guy in the spot where he knew he was going to hit that best guy. The guild leader? Carl Weathers. Yeah, Carl Weathers. Yeah. I, I don't know his character name. <laughs> Do you think he knew the best guy was there? Yeah, remember he showed him earlier in the episode. He said, look what I got out of this. True, but he could have moved it. <laughs> it's Isn't so that same spot though? That guy was only keeping that right there because he knows it's secure. Yeah, wasn't he just like running and drop shooting Jawas at one point too? This guy does not miss. Oh no, he wrecks everyone. Even these these guys like way back in the rooftops, he's just sniping them, dude. Yeah, Fuck. some of those bounty hunters had trash aims too. Yeah, he had a lot of cover though as well. Yeah, what do you think about that scene, Luke? I thought it was kind of cool. Mm. Think it was cheesy or anything? Kind of at first. I don't know. I just chalked it up to their, you know, he's a Mandalorian and they're trying to keep their own, you know? Yeah. And they just probably realizing they got to stop being scared now. Empire's gone. They're fucking warriors. They could run this shit, dude. They just smoked all those fools. Oh, yeah. One of them took out the entire fucking Empire base. They might not even have to relocate because they just took that shit over. The dude that gives him his bounties, the black dude, where have I seen him before? Rocky. The Apollo Creed, dude. Oh, I fucking... Oh, man. Yeah. I can't believe I missed that one. All right, good. Thank you. I like how they include all the different Star Wars races, too. And a lot of the scenes with a a ton of people, for example, if they're in a cantina or if they're out in the city where there's a bunch of people walking around, they always are filled with crazy fucking aliens. Yeah, I'm out of rim. Dude, you know what I thought was kind of corny was when a Mandalorian gave a U.S. military salute. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. That was one thing I also was like, what the fuck was that? That doesn't make any sense. I feel like a lot of military salute each other that way. 
almost every military, I think. But this is nothing related to Earth, though. This isn't even the same galaxy. How would they even know about that gesture? Or are you just saying it's that universe? How, <laughs> how would they know about that gesture? Like, it's, oh, yeah, it's just fucking only Earth people can do it. They never would have thought of that on any other fucking galaxy. I'm saying, okay, they could do that there. Obviously, it's not that complicated. It's a pretty simple gesture. But it's just weird because it's so significant in our culture. And we instantly recognize it. And seeing it in Star the Star Wars universe, it's like, this is out of place. I see where you're coming from. I get it. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I wasn't like, this is stupid. Yeah. Well, it's just one quick thing. So Yeah, I'm not going to say, oh, the episode trash because they did it. I was just like, eh. And they have they have their own salute. Wait, what is their salute? Oh, they do. Well, then that's stupid. Yeah, it's more like hand forward with a thumbs up or something. Oh, so they have their own salute. If they had their own salute, then yeah, that's fucking dumb. Yeah, but if they didn't, then that's fine. They have their own thing that they've done in the animated series, but they switched it to a U.S. military salute for this. But whatever. Is the animated series like uh, considered Yeah, canon? Yeah. Well, yeah, fuck. That's a fuck up, bud. And John Favreau was a character in the animated series, too. Who was he? I don't know if I've seen that before. He was one of the Vizlas. I can't remember which one. Uh, Pre Vizla? Pre Vizla? That's in Rebels. In Rebels, sorry. And in this one. Oh, wait, wait, no. Pre Vizla is uh, Darth Maul's brother in The Clone Wars. My bad. No. Pre Vizla is yeah. a Mandalorian. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, my God. I'm way off. You're right. Yeah, he's the one that leads Death Watch back. John Favreau played a Vizla in this series too, but it didn't have a S in it. it. Just had V I Z L A. I also, what do you? I don't know. Like, I didn't need another flashback scene either. It just it's like every time this guy gets new armor is what triggers his PTSD, not just actually being in battle. Like a couple minutes out of a already short episode. You know what I mean? It's like we've already seen that that style of scene already. I don't think it added anything. Is what I mean. Yeah, seemed a little redundant. Exactly. So I was going to ask you, though, what do you, how do you feel about your B2 battle droids theory? Does that mean you still think the Empire was using it? Mm, yeah, I don't know how much I want to stand behind that theory. It was more of just kind of like throwing it out there, like this could be, this could happen, <laughs> or this could be it, but it's not like my solid theory that I'm going okay. with. <laughs> okay, and then I was going to ask, what do you guys think? So they said extract the necessary materials so you guys think they're cloning? What do we think they're? Oh, from Yoda, baby Yoda. Definitely seems like they're extracting some DNA or some shit. But yeah, do you think it's they're like going to use it to clone? Or are they going to use it for Sidious? Or what do you think they're going to use it for? I guess since mitochondrians are still canon. They're canon. <laughs> so maybe stem cell kind of. But if it's strong with mitochondrians, then you could use it to create strong force beings. Maybe. Yeah. I could see that. So like... Sidious, like a fetus of Sidious is, would be like in an incubation tube. And then you inject stem cells of high midichlorian content stem cells into him. And it triggers a growth. That's just some random bullshit I'm throwing out there. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> about you, Luke? Any theory? This is the last thing on this part. And then we're done. I ain't got a theory, dude. All right. Let me see if there's anything else. This might, that might be it, dude. I think we covered it. I'm, I'm just excited to see where he goes with Baby Yoda from here. I don't know if he really thought this one out, but he's just like, I'm going to go with my heart. <laughs> I'm going to go back, get that baby. Yeah, for sure. All right, fools. I think <laughs> I think that's it for Amando. Yeah. All right. Should we do Watchmen or what do you guys want to do? Do it separate? Same? Watchmen it up, boy. Yeah. Might as well just do it. Okay. All right. I'll start this one. I feel like if this episode doesn't get recognized for its editing, cinematography, just the style of it, then something's wrong with the Emmys and all that. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> this episode was crazy. I, I did not have any real feeling going into this episode. I was like, okay, it might be cool. I didn't even want this episode to end. It was just cool learning the history of the Minutemen because that's something in the graphic novel that isn't as fleshed out because that was before the Crime Busters and the story we were doing that they are covering in that. And it seems really true to just Watchmen, the comics. You know how it shows how the comic or the heroes that everyone's looking up to or think... They're so great, are all kind of dicks and they have their own agendas. They're not just these glorious people that are perfect, you know. Like even Hood of Justice has his agenda. I mean, but obviously he wanted something that was really important in stopping 
the KKK basically. But then Mr. Metropolis had his own agenda too of just pushing business and trying to gain fame and stuff, even though it kind of seemed at first like he was coming from a good point, maybe. Yeah. I mean, this show doesn't, it's just getting dark with it, you know? <laughs> they could have had Captain Metropolis be like a typical white savior character, actually be in love with this guy, Hooded Justice, and not really be a racist, but that's not the period that they were in. He was still tolerant of all that stuff and still pretty racist. Yeah. Almost as racist as everyone else that was trying to hurt him. But just more manipulative with it. Yeah. And like he, he was insisting him to keep wearing the paint. He was saying that advertisement that they were did, that was racist as hell. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Every every single fucking person was just racist that he, he came into contact with. Yeah. And they didn't even help him. The reason why he joined was because they sold him that will help you stop all this stuff. But they weren't really about it. They were all just hacks, dude. A vast and insidious conspiracy. And they led that guy on forever, man. So Action Comics, the first one was Superman. That comes out. That came out in 1938. That's when he started. And The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, that theater, that was the movie he was playing at that theater he went to. Yeah. That came out in 1947. So they Damn. never helped him out that whole time, man. That's fucked up. Yeah, and he had a son and everything in that time. All that shit. Yeah, growing up, I thought they did a, like a really great job with the whole twist of Will being Hooded Justice. Like we know it's coming, but seeing how it happened was such a good payoff. And I know it wasn't the intention of Alan Moore to for him to be black, but I'm okay with this retcon because I think it actually makes a lot of sense. You know, it's just it's this not even guy, a retcon though. How is it? A- it's a retcon because he said that when he approached Dave Gibbons, who was the Watchman artist, they brought up the whole Hooded Justice being a black man thing. And this is how they were going to do it. And the writer, sorry, the artist said, oh, that's clever. And he wasn't like, you had just found this big secret that he's been waiting. Someone's been waiting to discover. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't say that's a retcon, really. Though. Yeah, I feel like it's not a retcon. If he had like openly said no, then it would be a retcon. Just because I think that character is more vague. Yeah. Well, he was, even Lindelof was saying there was no intention. He, he said there was no way that it was Alan Moore's intention for him to be black. That's what he was saying. Yeah, I'm just saying... That's what the creator of the show said, but I get what you guys are saying. Yeah, it's more like they're going their own way with the existing character rather than changing something. In yeah, because it was... There wasn't there wasn't a lot of details, and what, what they did with them covering his eyes, it works perfectly because he was never seen Yeah, head to toe. Sick as fuck, honestly. <laughs> Damn, man, his story is just so depressing, too. So sad how much shit... He has to deal with. Yeah, they did. They've done a really good job with painting that out over the course of the season. You know, the first episode we see with his origin, with his parents getting killed, and just even what his dad had to go through before that, being in the army, and just this whole generational trauma that they've been talking about in the story. Because his grandpa, her grandpa, had generational trauma too. Yeah, from the war, World War One. Or yeah, uh, yeah, well, and coming back, and before that, probably. And Angela's grandma, too, is that baby in the field as well. So she had to deal with that shit. Grandma and grandpa. Mm-hmm. And the, him thinking that if he becomes a cop, he's going to, like his hero and his his idol and his story, it's actually going to change anything. It just made it worse for him, honestly. Yeah. Damn. I had real hope, too, when that other guy was like, what'd you just call her fellow officer? I, I had a little hope there. They did that a lot in this episode, yeah. that moment. And when Captain Metropolis... Approaches him, you think he's finally caught a break. Nope. And then he just snaps and just domes like five people in a fucking warehouse. That was dope. Yeah. It felt good to see him get revenge, honestly. Yeah. And I love that the guy, Fred, who burnt the store in the beginning, ended up just getting fried in the end in his factory, too, at the end. Yeah. Oh, and I also like how at the end, when he was running out of the warehouse after he iced all those people and he jumped out the window. That was the scene that they kept or that they kept showing in American Hero Story, but it was dramatized and changed. Yeah. And even in in real life there or in the show, they were already wrong anyway, because they thought he was a white guy. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that too. Even though they knew they were, you know, dramatizing or anything else. Even PD said in the PD file this week, he never it never once crossed his mind that put a justice was black. Well, yeah, with the eye mask, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Did you guys catch that? This was a total troll, Fred Trump. Wait, what was? So Fred Trump, back in the 30s, he owned the first supermarket in Queens on Jamaica Avenue. This street said Jamaica Avenue. 
where he tossed that Molotov through the window. And he also, so Trump owned a, a company called E Trump and Son. And this show is called FT and Sons, but FT, Fred Trump. <laughs> Damn it. Also, bro. they both had KKK connections. Oh, yeah. Fred Trump was racist as fuck. Yeah, dude. So trolling with that. But shoot, I was trying to go back to what you were saying before that. What, with the transitions and stuff or what? I was just saying with the whole change, I thought it all worked. Just he's this guy. I think it makes more sense to have someone like him fighting for injustice and what he just immediately went through, his origin, getting choked up. And that first, you know, that first point of view through his eyes, that was super oh, that intense. Was brutal, yeah. That was fucked up, dude. Oh, yeah. Made his costume like 10 times more badass. Yeah, because he used the fucking hood. That was straight out of the comics. That was how he got his origin was he rescued a couple just oh, like that being mugged yeah in the comics but i think he dropped in that was the only detail i remember differently is that he dropped in from somewhere or not but he fucked those dudes up and like broke one dude's spine crazy yeah he seemed like he fucked those guys up pretty hard in the show maybe not break a spine hard yeah i just think and i think overall it makes more sense than let's say batman just him being a billionaire, whereas you're a billionaire and this time you could buy off everything. You buy off courts. Like that's what we see yeah. happen in these kind of shows where it's this person who's coming up and just no one, he just took it under his own hand that he had to do, get his justice. Makes more sense. Cause he couldn't get, yeah. Cause he just couldn't get it any legal way. Basically. I liked it way, but be- way better theory than the German fool, the circus dude. He yeah, was a Nazi and yeah, <laughs> it makes it mean more. Then, oh, like, yeah. all these other crazy, you know, white people, like, he's actually beating the fuck out of people for something. Yeah, he has a purpose. Yeah, yeah. and we have this trauma, which is a big theme in this show, just trauma and, like, with the squid trauma. And with the ma- how the how Lori was talking about why people wear masks and shit. Yeah, and all this trauma is about to hit a point here at the end of the show. It's all going to get connected. And damn, whatever is going on with fucking Ozymandias right now is about to go crazy but shit you don't watch the previews for the next episode no i listened to the lindelof's pod though and he said something that he didn't say any details he just said when he's gonna get back oh well he's definitely in next episode for sure i just mean when he's gonna get back or if he's gonna get back from the europa that's a major detail i feel like i know i was like man dude why you gotta say that i thought what the fuck there's only three options what he dies he stays he comes back well, I'm just saying which episode he comes back in. Oh, which episode? Yeah. Just when the, or when the ship crashes or whatever. Wait, it's a ship? Dude, okay. Just don't say anything else, bro. Oh, fuck. I'm not saying that's not a spoiler. I didn't. That was, what do you think? He's coming back in a fucking car? Teleportation. <laughs> you see the shit that they have? I don't think he's coming back that way. I think he's coming back on a meteor. Oh, on a meteor? Not a meteor. Sorry. I meant like a ship that he's making or something, man. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Just the effects in this show, this episode too, with them, with it switching between Angela and him, mm-hmm. felt like she was right there the whole time. And putting also in his flashbacks within that flashback and how they incorporated it worked really well, I thought, because they could have definitely made that weird and fun. Oh, yeah. That's why I thought it fl- flew really well and just the editing was really good in this episode. Super, super fluid. Oh, my God. That one transition where it was in, it was in black and white and it was showing the window and it had a street light on it and it, it cuts up and it's night and day yeah and it just yeah, yeah that that shit was nuts and how they used colors the only thing the only color they really used was red yeah like the what's that movie schindler's list and they only used it in like fucked up situations i guess kind of yeah. like schindler's list but the body's dragging when he's picking up the little girl and yeah dude yeah. i forgot about the body's dragging what the fuck was that oh he was dragging all the bodies to burn them no 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 i'm talking about when Remember when he's walking in the street and they say, hey, you want to hop in the car? Yeah. And right after that, they beat him up and go try to hang him. But no, what I'm saying is, what were those bodies behind the car? Oh, wait, there's bodies? Yeah. What? How did you miss that? You fucking talking about? Yeah, that's what I've been talking about for the past four minutes. Okay, what was it, Luke? Do you know? I thought it was just some hella racist shit. Dude, that was 30, 40 years before civil rights even. So, Luke, you thought that was a real scene? It wasn't just some weird trippiness that was happening? Why would it be trippiness? Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Well, because there was the, his mom was playing the piano throughout. His mom has been dead, and she would just pop up in random parts that wouldn't fit with her actually being in the memory. Those are bodies like, remember in Tulsa in the riot when the, there was a wagon going by? 
and it was carrying bodies behind it. So it was him connecting those guys with being terrible racists with the event from his childhood. Oh, that's a good one, dude. Damn, I like how it gave closure that Judd was legit a full-on racist. But we already knew that. Well, okay. Yeah, that's true. This guy had a KKK <laughs> suit in his fucking closet. But we didn't know the details. Like, what if... What details do you need to explain that? Honestly, I don't know. It has to be... Get some, a nice-ass safe to get in there. It has to be some crazy shit for him to keep that and not be racist. We knew he was in with Keen already, though. Yeah, that's true. Her, her dad was. Was that dude's dad? No, when in last episode. He was in with the 7th Cavalry, too. He was connected. Yeah, Keen was talking about him and Judd trying to control the 7th Cavalry and shit. Their families have been friends for years. Are you talking about that letter? No, when he was talking to Looking Glass, the last episode. Remember when he's talking about when he's watching the video, he makes him watch the tape? Joe Keen? Oh, fuck. Yeah. The senator or governor or whatever. Yeah, that guy's in the 7th Cavalry. So is, what's his name? Judd. Judd. I was thinking of, what's the father's name then? Keen's father's, Joe Keen's father's. Oh, I, I can't remember, remember the other guy, the, his dad. He was a racist too. John, I think. The one who started the act. That's what I was thinking of originally. Okay. Yeah, but but all those guys were in 7th Cavalry, Cavalry yeah. KKK, probably this other new group. What is it called? Oh, Cyclops? Cyclops? Cyclops yeah, is that old group, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think that they're all connected somehow. 7th Cavalry is connected to I have the I have the Cyclops. They have the same logo. They had the same logo painted in their building that I, Joe Keen signed a PD file doc with the Cyclops I. And it was on the Cyclops. It was on the little red covers folder. No, yeah, I think they're connected. Well, it sounds like they definitely are. Just thought there was that part too that was really interesting. When he comes back after he lights up Fred Trump's place. Yeah. <laughs> the warehouse. Yeah, he comes back and his son is putting on the face paint like his dad. Mm-hmm. And that's just showing, oh, he's about to pass on his trauma to this kid too. And the writer commented on that scene. What did he say? Said, says, I real- he realizes in that moment, I actually don't want you to experience this. The way that I've been living my life is a way that I'm not proud of. And seeing that he's about to pass this down to him was like super devastating. That's what he's saying. Yeah, it's pretty much, that makes sense. Kind of what I got. He was like, fuck, I don't want my kid to be like me. Yeah, I was listening to Lindelof's podcast, the Watchmen official one. And he says that that's the reason why Wade doesn't want to have a kid because he knows he's going to pass down this trauma to a kid. That's why I didn't work out with his ex. Yeah, hmm. that makes sense. You know what's cool too is about Hooded Justice is he puts on the white face mask over his eyes and his granddaughter, Angela Abar, puts on like the black face mask over her eyes. Yeah, so, and they're both wearing two masks essentially. Because yeah. she has to hide her identity and she can't let anyone know she's a... Well, she literally wears a mask and she has to hide it, what she really does. I guess, wait, that's not right. Well, she hides her skin color and she hides her the rest of her face too. Yeah, and Will, he wears two masks because not only is he black, he's also bisexual. He has to hide things from yeah. his wife, the police officers from the other Minutemen, and he has to wear all these masks. That was another thing I was wondering too was... Is Will bisexual or is he just gay, but it's like repressed? Bisexual. Mm. I mean, he bangs women. Well, I know, but I'm saying like maybe he feels like he wants to be gay, but his perception of society makes him not want to be gay. You know what I'm saying? Because of how gay people were treated at the time. Yeah, that's what I thought. So he's like, all right, I just have to be a normal person, get a wife. or And he also grew up with that. No, I think he loved her. Yeah, that's true. They have a connection. You wouldn't find that with anyone. I don't know. But maybe then he started realizing he was gay. And he was like, fuck, what do I do? No, he's still... I still think he's bi. He probably was still banging her after. I think he just... You think? Yeah. yeah. I don't think he just was exclusive with... I don't know. Their their relationship was pretty fucking strained by the time they, you know, later on. After the Minutemen and all that. Yeah, he would just... What was he saying? He said, just bring a bottle of wine and come over. Yeah, it's not like super close or anything. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't actually include was when he saves Sally Jupiter from getting sexually assaulted by the comedian. I thought 
just because that's a huge part in the graphic novel. And it doesn't exactly put Hooded Justice in the best light either with what he says to her after. Wait, what does he say to her exactly? I don't remember. He's just patronizing. He says, put some, like, for God's sake, put some clothes on after she just survived getting raped. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's it's not like the best scene in his in his life. He's not like a good dude either. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, though. Nobody's perfectly good or perfectly evil. Well, yeah, I'm just saying I, I, I'm i surprised that they didn't include that scene in this show. Yeah. Maybe it just didn't have anything to do with the story they were trying to tell of, with him. So I feel like they told a pretty tight, compact story, even with it being over the course of a couple of years. Yeah, but I'm saying for some people might not know about... Well, I, mean, I guess that's a good point, just because it was already there. But it's also one of the only scenes that he is actually in the graphic novel. He's not in much. Yeah. He's the only one we don't know about his identity after. Fucking G. And he's the OG. <laughs> he's the OG. <laughs> they keep doing that lettuce stuff, too. He tossed some guy into the lettuce before that guy shot him oh, up. Yeah. Fred shot him up. Lettuce and eggs. It, that's a disgusting combo. Shoot, I think that's probably all I got actually on for that part. Now I have like the PDPedia shit. Oh, yeah. Dump it out. So, okay, so there's some other stuff that I gathered after all this stuff. So the PDPedia interviews, all that shit. So first was on Lady True. There was a ton of information that came out about her this week. So this was interesting. She sent out TVs to everyone in the area when she moved in. And here we're talking about this machine that they were using for movies to, you know, was it mind control people? Some mesmerism? Mesmerism. Wait, was it mesmerism or mesmerism? No, with an M. But yeah, so Lady True sent out TVs to everyone. So then that's going to mean something, I think. That was a little detail that's not wasn't in the show. And also, her mother's name was, what was it? What was her daughter's name? Beyond? Beyond Maya or something like that. <laughs> her clone. <laughs> like it's confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. Well, it's confirmed that was her mother, too. So she cloned her mom. Oh, wait. Lady True confirmed? Wait, what the fuck? Lady True cloned her mom or Beyond cloned her mom? Lady True cloned her mom. What? <laughs> Lady True cloned her own mom, and that's now her daughter. Oh, because do you think fucking what's his name killed that chick that was Lady True? No. This Wait, is what, what are I'm you saying, saying, Luke? I'm saying Lady True right now, Lady True's daughter that we've met in the in the show, the one who was talking about her feet. You understand that right there? The girl that was talking about her feet and how yes. they hurt? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she cloned her own mom. It's confirmed. That's, that is her mom's clone. Lady True cloned her own mom. How, wait, where does that confirm from? This is in the fucking PD file this week. Yeah, but how does PD know that shit? It's in the file on an article that they interviewed her mother. Her mother had her own, what is it, autobiography and was talking about how she raised this trillionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and wait, what? Her name is Beyond. Yeah, okay. and so our, theory, our theory was right then. Because we were yes. saying how she had these fucking memories, like she was in the Vietnam War. Yeah, those are probably her mother's her mother's memories. Yes. So not her injecting her own, but yeah, so that happened. And Lady True named herself after she named herself at five years old. Her mother let her name herself. So she named herself after a Vietnamese legend. And here's another little interesting thing that came out. She launched 50 Voyager probes into the galaxy and she's super into like space tech right now. So that probe out by uh, Europa is definitely hers then. Maybe she's trying to call her by her real name, whatever her name was before she switched it to Lady True with a D. Oh, shit. Damn, that's a good theory. Which Did, if, she, did she change her name or is that just her oh, last name? No, that's my theory. Well, that's not her first name, is it? Okay, so she changed her name at five years old or she chose her name at five years old, but she was probably called something before that. That's what I'm saying. Mm, okay. Which would make it interesting because then that would mean that Dr. Manhattan is the one putting him on that place. No, wouldn't that mean Lady True is putting him there? Why would he be trying to get help from her? Well, you're saying he is spelling her name out. Because he's trying to get her to rescue him. Because Dr. Manhattan would have him locked there. That's what I was saying. Hmm. Why wouldn't she have already rescued him then? Because she has that satellite like beamed right where he's at. Maybe she didn't know he was out there. Hmm. If Dr. Manhattan puts you on a planet out there? Yeah, but she's a satellite right there. But he had to time the satellite. That's what he's been using the clocks and stuff for. He had to time it all perfectly the right year to actually send a message. That's true. Why did the why the fuck doesn't hasn't he just killed this game warden yet? Does he just like make, giving himself insane challenges? Well, then they just have to make another game warden. Well, he's probably the one that made the fucking game warden or 
whoever put him there was. Are you talking about Vite? He did not make that fool. Uh-oh. They've already confirmed that. Where has that been confirmed? What are you talking about, dude? He said it himself. I don't remember that. My bad. What did he say? He says... Pretty much saying I'd never make something as shitty as this. I'm your master, but I'm not your maker. Oh, okay, I'm not... But he grows them, though. So he trains them and shit. I don't think he grows them. They showed him grow them, though. No, they just pop out... Well, he, he has some arrangement, yeah, to use them. I don't think he grows them, though. Like, they pop out of the water on some other way. I mean, he could just leave them in there and they die, though, right? Yeah, he just tosses them back in like they're fucking little toys. Little action figures. <laughs> little action figures. That's brutal. So you think this warden was raised before he got put here and trained to be the game warden? What are you, he, that's just this fool's job. Yeah, yeah, there always has to be a game I'm warden. Saying, sure. what, why did he put the game warden there, Zach? Because he made an agreement. What are you talking about? <laughs> he made this agreement. Did Ozymandias put the game warden there or somebody else? Because he's been the one raising all the clones and telling them what to do and shit. Dude, you get whoever... I know, I get what you're saying, but I've already answered this. I'm saying whoever made the fucking, all the clones made this agreement with Vite and said, you will have a game warden either watching you or conf- like protecting that boundary or whatever, whatever he agreed to. Okay, that makes sense. Anyway, another note too that came out in this Lady True profile was that Dr. Manhattan has been building and collapsing sandcastles over and over again for a while. So that makes me think that it's not actually the real Dr. Manhattan. It could just be a projection or he split his body off and he's just got one there just to distract everyone on Earth. And he's yeah, out doing it. Something. Makes it seem like Lady True's fucking controlling shit. Yeah, or she's projecting it because she's the one who puts all the technology to even see him. Yeah, but she didn't even need to like make the technology. She could have just said, hey, I made this and then just, you know, make a bunch of fake videos. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm saying she makes those fake videos and she planted these blue things, these blue, whatever they're called, blue telephones to the Mars just to make money because he's just a projection up there. I'm not necessarily buying into this 100%, but one theory that I have is that the more clones Dr. Manhattan splits off into, like the less mind so the less control he has over them or the less power they have basically. So they might, their mind capacity might be way lowered if he has a ton of clones out. You think that every time he splits up, it makes him stupider or, or maybe he could put like a little bit of his intelligence or his consciousness into one of them. And he could still have like 90% in his other body, but the more it gets divided, the less like control he has over the individual one. I just don't think that's the case. Because he... That doesn't make sense. We've seen him do a bunch of things at once. There was five or six of them at one point doing crazy stuff with nuclear powers while he was entertaining his girlfriend. Maybe if he, if you scale that up, if you go to like thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of clones. So you think there's thousands of them out there? He could be fucking colonizing the galaxy for all we know, dude. Like this guy is insane. He can teleport. But if he's that insane, then why can't he control his own fucking spawns of himself? Yeah. That's a good point, too. Good de- good counterpoint. I I personally think it's just he controls himself everywhere. It's all one. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. But he feels all of it. One more thing, too. So the comedian allegedly knocked up seven Vietnamese women at least when he was over there. And they speculated on that theory of Lady True. They were just kind of making fun of everyone who makes theories. They had a, a comment on it being a time shoot time machine and how that's a hoax and like lady true being one of his kids and how that's a hoax. Like, I guess these are things that have already just been theorized in their universe in the Watchmen universe. Well, not totally debunked. It's just someone like a spokesperson has acknowledged it and said, no, because she never does interviews herself. Lady true. Could be a cover up though. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. One huge plot point this week that was in the PE file was, which we, this is something we don't see that happens in this episode. So we might not find this out till next week, but Angela was talking the entire time she was tripping balls. And Lori wrote a whole report on it to Petey and the rest she of the She recorded FBI. it, didn't she? Yeah, she recorded it and she translated it. Damn. So she knows everything that, they, that happened in the episode. She knows Will is hooded justice. He used a mind control device to kill Judd and so on. Oh, so it wasn't just random babbling or anything when she was talking? No, she was talking full sentences. Actually corresponding to what she was saying. All right, that's interesting. Lori's like humor is just really getting old. 
I don't know if it's it's probably just me, but what just how like being snarky or what? Yeah, that's snarky. In a report, I was like, why is this kind of shit? Oh yeah, report? that seems <laughs> kind of silly. It's a little unprofessional yeah. for working in the fucking FBI. She's like, yeah, PD, I read your fucking memos. <laughs> it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. She would have just said that shit to him in person. Yeah, but I think she was alerting the rest of the task force, the people in, in New York or wherever their base is, not New York. Alerting of the memo. The PD makes memos. She's sending it out to higher above saying we might like need more people or something. She's sending it back to the task force that sent her out is what I'm saying. Yeah, but what does that have to do with her like being annoyed with the memos? Yeah. Wait, what? I was just saying why that's why she's writing that memo. I thought you guys were asking. Oh, no. Luke was saying he was just saying that he's annoyed at, about her being like snarky in the memo towards Pete. Well, because Petey writes about her every time and says our own FBI. She wrote a bunch of fucking snarky shit in there, just shit that you wouldn't write in a memo. If you're getting mad about him writing memos that are too long then why would you be writing shit in a memo instead of just saying it to him because she literally says that in the memo yeah, like, like she would have said the shit she said in her memo to his face or she should have and not i guess i'm just being nitpicky you know yeah. she says mirror mi- she says mirror guy like obviously she'd say like his the name he's known by she or know. his real name yeah i think that they're just doing it because they didn't they couldn't include it in this episode this yeah. was probably would have been real dialogue i think Probably. Yeah. It's just to help build the story out so we know that going in. Damn. So hypnotization is a real thing in this universe? Mesmerism? Yeah. Mesmerism is a real thing in our universe. Yeah, but does it work that well? Well, okay. It probably doesn't work like that, (laughs) you know, but like like the idea of it, you know. I guess if you throw the full funding of the U.S. military at mesmerism they could accomplish something as powerful as this where you could actually convince a whole group of people to just riot maybe maybe that might be a stretch using strobe lights and then just evocative imagery and certain noises i don't know i don't you know <laughs> people do stupid riots anyway you can just tell people something that's not true and they'll riot because then no one does their own research yeah that's true just propaganda rioting for Something that's completely not even true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Anything else in this? So Damon Lindelof also said they're a day away from the clock turning as of right now in this episode. Whoa. From the, from reaching that day. So shit's about to go off. Oh so next yes. episode? No, oh. I don't know. It could be two episodes. There's three episodes left. Oh, there's nine? Nine total episodes, yeah. Mm, I thought there was eight. So that's sick. Yeah, we had a surprise episode in my brain. And that filled the episode that he's not going to be in it, that Vite wouldn't be in it. Because remember we were talking about last week, there was one episode that his he didn't make sense in the storytelling. Yeah, that means that from here on out, we ride or die with Vite. <laughs> For real. Yeah, let's see. Anything else? Okay, last couple little details. So Captain Metropolis, he was mentioned in the PDP this week. And he says in 1974, he did, he died in a car accident, but... Like, kind of bizarrely, his head was never found. You think someone killed him? Or you think that was legitimate? It seems like he was probably a drunk, but yeah, I think someone might have killed him. Cat Metropolis? Yeah. What if Hooded Justice killed him? Oh, dude, that'd be fucking pretty sick. Yeah, that would be sick. It makes sense, right? I hate that bitch. Dude, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and Reeves, it says that in his will, he wrote, he left everything to Will Reeves. Did he just feel bad for him that he just took advantage of? Well, he him made what? He did, yeah. I mean, he made all. He made his whole fortune on it. I think that's what he even said in the will that he owes all of it to him, and he took advantage of him. But still, you know, it's not like that gives you a pass or anything. And when they dropped it off at Will's place, it was at a movie theater in Harlem. So this dude's just been working on this technology. He he definitely Captain Metropolis seemed like the Adrian Vite of the Minutemen. Yeah, definitely. 100% to me, yeah. I mean, all of them were hacks, though. None of them were... Oh, yeah, for sure. Really. None, they didn't have any, I guess, besides the comedian. Fucking, yeah. The comedian was actually formidable, yeah. And Hooded Justice. Yeah, I was going to say, Hooded Justice is the closest thing. To the rest were all clowns, dude. They, they dropped a picture of what these fools were wearing, too. They just look like fucking idiots. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> fools. You fool. And Sam Battle, who was, was the like the first real 
NYPD police officer who was black ever. Yeah. Wow. Guy represented him. That's badass. That's yeah, yeah, that guy probably went through all that shit for real, man. I'm really liking both of these shows a lot, though. Yeah, for sure. They're fucking sick. Which ones do you like more right now, guys? Be honest. I'm 100% in on Watchmen. Oh, Watchmen. Yeah, easily. Ooh. Honestly. I think it's the best show I've watched this whole year. Watchmen may- has so much more fucking shit that- in it than Mandalorian. Oh, just like depth? Yeah, depth and fucking... Yeah. The Mandalorian is just so much fun. Just like such a fun show. Damn, I think Watchmen's fun, too. And there's just so many layers to watching right now. Yeah. It just keeps getting better, I think, every episode. I thought oh, this yeah. was the best episode again. I really do think it. 100%. I agree with that as well. Literally every every episode except for episode two, I, I feel like it's gotten better than the previous one. Damn. Episode three was phenomenal, too. So oh, three, yeah. three was great. Six and five so far, all amazing. Next level. The other, two, the other three were pretty good. I agree with that. Mandalorian has such good potential. I think they're pretty much even for me. I just think that Mandalorian has had, in some parts, not as good writing compared yeah. to this. There hasn't been anything that didn't really fit in the story or it just mm-hmm. didn't feel forced, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's just the story, everything is important. Every detail, you you end up going back and remembering that happened and saying, oh, that's how it connects here. And it just builds on, it answers questions and then it keeps showing more. Like the first question we had in the story was who killed Judd and we were told in the first episode or the ne- he was standing right there fucking Will I love that yeah. guy. and now we have bigger questions just how is all this because we have all these different factors going on now there's what are like Lady True and Will doing compared to what the 7th Cavalry are doing it seems like they have the same technology almost Yeah, it's just what are they both going to do with it it all seems it's going to connect with race and trauma Luke, what do you think? What theory is yours for what are Lady True and Will doing? Because Will definitely seems like he wants revenge. He wants to go at all the racist people. That's what I like about it is because fucking, I don't know, dude. You just bamboozled, you know? Yeah. What about the 7th Cavalry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you get? Ross, what do you think, dude? It's fucking hard. Zach, I'm not sure. sure exactly about a racist bomb, but with you telling me or with you bringing up that she... Put gave everyone free TVs when she moved in. I'm kind of thinking that might tie into some kind of something, okay, yeah. like you said, with how it ties to memories or emotions or trauma. And you can maybe, maybe she uses the TVs somehow to like spy on them. The and TVs can, tie into Will, yeah, Will's yeah. mesmerism shit. Yeah, some mesmerism b- bullshit. Yeah, they're definitely. It seems that they're going to do something to Tulsa, though. But that's only the Tulsa area. It just seems like what she's trying to do is even bigger than just Tulsa. But that that is an interesting deal with the TVs around here. Maybe it's like a quick test they're going to try. Yeah. Well, Tulsa is the center of the universe, though. So that is true. <laughs> that is a fact. Who the fuck yeah. made that up? <laughs> Google it, sir. It's an acoustic phenomenon. How? I don't know how it works. I didn't research into it besides the article. The so-called center of the universe. <laughs> no, it's confirmed. It's canon. No, fact. No, so-called. No, it's canon. Canon, no, sir. Yeah. Canon, according Real to life. what? Real life canon. <laughs> I don't really have anything else, actually. We have one fan comment from Angelo A. Draconitis. I think Wade betrayed Angela because that was the best way to save her life. He knew she'd be arrested and her family would be watched by the FBI because the cavalry is obviously going to target her next. I think that's right, probably. Yeah. She was next after him. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's doing it spitefully because he's literally right afterwards, he was like, I'm sorry that I had to do this. Yeah. Well, he had to do it for himself too, but just yeah. it was the best scenario for everything. No, that makes sense. That's a good theory. Yeah. All right, man. That's... That's it, boys. I'm. Oh fuck! We still have to see what's gonna happen with that fool too. Which one? Wade. Looking glass. Yeah, yeah, man. That that might start this next episode. That's yeah. That could be the very start of next episode. Yeah. Do you guys think that maybe that the Seventh Cavalry might have faked that video to Looking Glass of Vite? Maybe. Because it just seems so stupid of Vite to do, man. Yeah. It just seems like a dumb move for him. I mean, it's all true. Te- still technically true, but. It was true, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Could have been a, a faked video, deep fake. Watchman, deep fake. <laughs> they got the tech, probably. <laughs> Honestly, deep fakes are pretty easy to spot with our current tech, though. I feel like. Yeah, but man, these guys have mind control and shit. Yeah, they probably have that next level shit. They're sending a guy in on Europa. That's <laughs> deep. They can transfer shit in air. 
they've they have some technology. Oh yeah, they have some crazy shit, dude. Okay, that's all I got, boys. We wrap it up. Wrap it up, wrap it up. Might have some reviews. Shout outs and all that. Blah blah blah. Oh yeah, shout outs. Let's see. Here's a good one. This one says this one is from Ncarney24. He says <laughs> he said he gave us five stars, but the one fool he says that one guy sounds like a total dweeb though. I'll let y'all figure out which one I mean. He's probably talking about me. He's <laughs> <laughs> talking about me, man. Fuck. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know though. Shit, whatever. So Ncarney24, thank you. It could legit be any one of us, so that's the thing. <laughs> Come on, dude. It's not me. Come on, guy. <laughs> <laughs> dweeb, but does he mean like nerd or just a fucking dweeb? Yeah, or just a bird. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Just a yeah. bird, probably. That's probably what he means. And there was also a shout out from Kevin from Charlotte, KTC CLT. Thanks, man. Definitely binge worthy, opposite of the other guy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Again, so if you want more content, let's go. Head over to patreon.com slash not another movie pod. All right, boys, that's it. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Not A Movie Pod, at Culture Crave. Follow our YouTube under Culture Crave. Follow your boys on Twitter. Follow our Star Wars Twitter at SW Tweets. Shout out Julian, j5music.com. J5. Late Drove.